You're listening to Resurrection Life with Pastor Nathan Trice. Welcome back, friends. So glad to have you. Christ is risen. Once upon a time in our society, it was entirely acceptable to make reference to a good spanking, quote-unquote. I suspect you might still, to this day, find maybe an older person using this expression. Oh, say, they've perhaps seen a child in a public place screaming and throwing a tantrum at his mother. And you might hear that old codger uh, say under his breath, what that boy needs is a good spanking. Well, folks, in today's podcast, uh, I'm going to take it now as established. There actually is such a thing as a good spanking. That is, a spanking of children by parents that does lasting spiritual good to his soul. That was the purpose of last time. I was intent on laying a solid biblical foundation for the practice of spanking. Not only is spanking warranted by the Scriptures, but I sought to show last time that it's required by God in our parenting as an expression of love for our children. Put it to you this way, in light of the things we've considered last time, bad things happen to our children when we don't spank. Good things happen when we do. But today I want to ask the question, what makes for a good spanking? This is a very practical question. How do we go about doing this task of spanking? And I am asking the question uh, today, mindful of the fact that spanking is something that can be done badly, indeed, very badly, indeed. Uh, We are right uh, to reject, on the one hand, uh, the progressive notion in our society that all spanking constitutes child abuse. We reject that as Christians in light of the Word of God, but we're also very interested in being on guard against all abusive forms of spanking. So, uh, today, at the outset, I, I need to say that uh, trying to answer this question, what makes for a good spanking, this is in the realm, as many things are in the Christian life, of wisdom. Folks, the Bible clearly lays out the duty of spanking. It gives us guiding principles, but it doesn't spell out exactly what it should look like in all the details. And uh, for that reason, uh, there's a legitimate variety in the working out of this among faithful Christian parents. And we're all called to use wisdom in uh, working out what spanking looks like in our homes. Uh, I happen to think the very best way to know what a good spanking looks like is, well, it's to grow up on the receiving end of such spankings, really. Uh, This is a part of parenting that is so much more easily caught than taught. And if you had the blessing that my wife and I had uh, of a Christian upbringing uh, where faithful spanking was carried out, you have a great advantage. And you, uh, by God's grace, will pass on that great advantage to your children. But if you didn't have that, uh, this is one of those areas 
uh, especially that young parents need to recognize the great resource that older parents are to them. Uh, my fellow parents, as you begin, especially your parenting work, this is a, a particularly fruitful uh, area to have conversation with uh, parents that are further down the road from you. I'll just say, uh, particularly to members of Resurrection, uh, you have many uh, good models for this and many good prospects for those conversations. And um, my wife and I are ready, perhaps even in response to some of the things that are being said in this podcast right now, to have uh, those nitty-gritty conversations with you. So reach out to us, uh, please. But what lies ahead in this podcast is my attempt to summarize uh, not just wisdom of my own uh, parental experience with my wife, but wisdom that I've acquired from others, uh, particularly uh, my parents and my wife's parents. So uh, I'm going to talk about some how-tos in this area of spanking, and I'm also going to talk about how-not-tos in this area of spanking. What constitutes a good spanking is the first heading And then, when does spanking uh, become abuse? Those are the two things I want to look at uh, if you choose to listen on. So when I ask the question, what constitutes a good spanking, I'm going to organize my answer under these three heads. Uh, Real sin, real pain, and real restoration. Those three things are vital uh, to a good spanking. First of all, real sin. And I begin here because I hope it's very clear from all that I've been saying about the role of spanking, it must be a consequence of sin. Folks, uh, spanking is not about our introducing pain into our children's experience to just test them or to toughen them up, or certainly not something we do for our own selfish or perverse reasons. No, Uh, all that we've been seeing about the use of the rod in the scripture, uh, it's about teaching our children the consequences of sin and leading them from that sin to repentance, or as Proverbs likes to say, from folly to wisdom. And what this means is that in order to spank well, we need to be thinking clearly as parents about the reason. What is the behavior in your child that God himself sees as sin and that he himself calls us to chasten our children for? In other words, what justifies this kind of discipline? It can only be sin in our children's lives. Now, as I say this, I'm very mindful of the fact that this is one of those places where our own understanding of spiritual realities is so important. Parents, your own uh, sensitivity of conscience to the law of God in your life uh, is your great help uh, in discerning sin in your children. And the clearer you are, Uh, about what is sin in your own life and that of your children, the more confident you'll rightly be uh, in using this rod of discipline. Now, sometimes our children make it very easy for us to recognize their sin, to be sure. Some of it is overt. It is obvious. For example, when a child defies your authority, well, that's a 
spankable offense, the tantrum in toddlers that I referred to before, or in an older child, the shouted, uh, sorry, shouted protest uh, against something you've said. These are acts of defiance of authority. It's very clear. Disobedience can be very blatant, either refusing to do what you say or doing something you forbid, even against uh, your prohibition. Unkindness uh, among siblings uh, can be quite overt. Lying can be quite obvious. And these are just some of the drop everything, spanking is called for moments in our homes. The sin is obvious. But friends, in other cases, it's going to require a real discernment, a shrewd eye uh, to catch more subtle uh, and insidious kinds of sin. So, for example, the crying uh, that a toddler makes that is really more sinful than it is legitimately sad uh, or tired. Uh, The obedience that is not wholehearted obedience It's delayed obedience. It's obedience done with a complaining spirit. Uh, Or those attitudes in your home that can, for a season, be a pollutant in the whole atmosphere of the home. A child, for example, that gradually, increasingly becomes more and more whiny. Uh, Folks, these two are examples of real sin, though they're less obvious or overt, and a wise parent sees that sin and doesn't let uh, his or her child uh, get away with that sin. Uh, You've seen that sometimes. Uh, Sometimes it is easier to see in other people's kids than in our own. You've seen a parent being played uh, by an insolent child. They're being pushed. Their limits are uh, being tested. They're Uh, is sin and disobedience and disrespect right up to the line of flagrant disobedience or disrespect. And I'll just point out to you and remind you, it does not have to be flagrant uh, to be a spankable offense. Uh, Indeed, parents, uh, I would just affirm to you that some of the most effective discipline that you will administer uh, in this area of spanking is when you've identified that sin pattern that I talked about a little while ago uh, in your children. You begin to speak to your child about that sin problem. Maybe it's the sin of whining. And you tell him or her that you're going to have to start spanking for that sin. And sure enough, you begin to consistently respond to that besetting sin, even when it's subtle, uh, with spanking. This can be some of the most effective discipline uh, that we do in our homes. And if your children are old enough to understand what you're saying to them, well, then they're old enough to receive explanation from you about why you're spanking. In fact, uh, if they are that old and able to understand and you don't explain why you're spanking. Well, you're missing out a key part of the whole benefit of the spanking. It's supposed to be in response to their sin. They're supposed to be very clear in what they did that warrants the spanking. Your job first, even before you spank parents, is to put your finger on the sin, the offense that warrants that spanking. 
Some parents will ask a series of questions. Uh, What did you do? Uh, What does God say about that? What does God require of me when you disobey? Um, Some parents will, even before the spanking, open the Word of God and uh, point to a specific portion of God's Word uh, that their child has disobeyed. Uh, I recognize uh, that's a a potentially very fruitful thing to do. I just point out to parents that uh, in those moments leading up to a spanking, uh, most children don't have the best attention span. Uh, They are rather understandably preoccupied with what's about to happen. So keep it simple. Uh, Keep it to the point. This is why daddy has to spank. Uh, You hit your sister. Uh, God doesn't want uh, you to hit your sister. So I'm emphasizing in this real this first point, uh, a good spanking entails real sin because, uh, friends, our children need to be able to see uh, the spanking they're receiving as an extension of God's own chastening of them in their lives. That's why spankings are to be for real sin and for nothing else. Guys, this is not... Your child merely running afoul of your preferences um, in life. It's not just your child displeasing you. Uh, Spankings are for when he's broken God's commandments for how they're to live. It's ultimately something between your child and God that warrants a spanking. Um, Being clear about this in your own mind and with your child Uh, ensures that the spankings that you administer in your home have a standard. They have a guide. They're not arbitrary uh, exercises of power on your part. Indeed, uh, parents, you are as much in submission to God as you spank, as your children are. Uh, You're spanking because he tells you to, and you're to be spanking only for things that he himself calls sin. So, the most basic feature of a good spanking is that it's in response to real sin. When do you spank? You spank when your child has sinned. Not that every sin in a day gets a spanking, but it's only sin. It's real sin that's the occasion of a spanking. That's number one. Number two, a good spanking entails real pain. Now, I wish I didn't have to belabor this point. But folks, I know from experience that I do. Please hear me. A spanking that doesn't hurt is not a good spanking. In fact, it's a spanking that can do more harm than good. I need to emphasize this because over the years... Uh, I've had temptation to be despairing in this point. I've said to myself, there's two kinds of Christian parents nowadays. There's those who don't believe in spanking, and there are those who think they believe in spanking but really don't. And I realize that's an overstatement, and I know better than that. But I am quite aware here is uh, what tempts me to think that way. Even among dads and moms who at least embrace the idea of spanking, There's a lot of little, I'll call them rituals, 
that they call spankings that are really nothing of the kind uh, by the biblical standard. Maybe you two have seen these faux spankings. Uh, They're spankings that don't hurt. Uh, That is to say, the child might cry, but the cry is more a cry of displeasure and even resentment against their parents. It's not a cry of pain. Uh, There's no pain, and so there's no repentance. The child quickly returns to the same patterns of sin, and in it all, in such a faux spanking, a child can learn that there really aren't going to be any consequences to their sin, at least that they need to be concerned about. The most, they're going to be interrupted with what they're doing. They'll be inconvenienced. And folks, my burden here is to say such spankings can actually do more harm than good. They can erode a parent's authority with their child. They can, instead of humbling children, they can lead children in the long run uh, to despise their parents. Again, I'll say, a spanking has to hurt in order to do any good. Sometimes when I have uh, been in a parenting class setting uh, as a pastor, I've actually resorted to demonstrating on myself uh, what a spanking looks like or sounds like. Uh, and there are times when I can see in people's eyes, oh, uh, right, I am not doing that. And I suspect they have been doing the little tap, tap, tap mode of spanking that really didn't do um, or bring any pain. Uh, I'll say it to you this way. I will speak carefully as I say this. Uh, In order for spanking to be effective, parents, it needs to be a temporarily all-consuming experience for your child. That is to say, he or she is no longer thinking about all the uh, grievances that he's been carrying, all the sense of injustice of it all, etc., etc. He's not thinking about what he's getting ready to go back and do. He's just thinking, ow. For a few moments, that's all he can experience. Um, Our smaller children, in particular, have small worlds. Uh, And in a good spanking... A small child's world uh, could seem to be coming to an end for them. And I just point out at this moment, brothers and sisters, isn't that the way God uses, according to his word, uh, pain in our lives? He He uses that pain to get our attention and to get all of our attention. And there's something cleansing and humbling and reorienting about a proper spanking that actually hurts. So that's really the answer to the question, at least uh, most basically. How do I know if I'm spanking hard enough? Well, has there been sweet fruit to that spanking as a result of it? A sweetness of spirit is the ordinary fruit of an effective spanking. I'm using the language of Hebrews 12 when I talk about the sweet a fruit of righteousness, a sweet spirit in a child is ordinarily and ordinarily immediately the fruit of a faithful spanking. Parents, as a rule, if you spank your child and that child is still defiant and insolent and unfettered in his desire to sin, my friend, 
you did not spank him hard enough. That spanking was something more, uh, shall we say, symbolic in his life. It was a mere sign of your displeasure, whereas a good spanking leads a child to say, I'm sorry, Mommy. And it brings about what I've called, though informally, a little conversion. Uh, Psalmist says, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word, a little conversion, which is to say a little turn, a little change, a little transformation uh, in their life um, as a result of that spanking. When uh, my wife and I were in the regular mode of spanking our children, we'd have the occasion... um, more than once, of realizing that some pattern of sin uh, had been evident in a son or a daughter's life for uh, a good bit of time. And we finally become aware that it's a pattern of sin. It's, it's, um, It's making things unpleasant in the house. And there's sort of been an awakening. Uh, This needs to be addressed with a spanking. And more uh, times than I can remember, uh, the transformation, the change, the sweetness, the sometimes I'd call it, Ashley, the reboot uh, that we saw in our son or daughter as a result of God's ordained means of bringing repentance of sin uh, was not only a great blessing, but made us ask ourselves, good grief, why didn't we do that sooner? <laughs> so, uh, I want to make a special plea at this point uh, to mothers, uh, ladies. Uh, my plea to you is administer this rod of discipline with sufficient determination to bring about its God-intended result each time. Uh, we've talked about what that in- intended result is. It's repentance for the wrong that's done. It's submission to parents' will. It's sweetness of spirit. But I single out you, moms, uh, because, well, the bulk of spanking is likely going to fall on you as the one who spends most of the time with your little one. But I also single you out because uh, the gentleness that according to the scripture is uniquely a virtue of you as a woman in your role as a mother can be a liability in this area. I think many a mom cannot quite bring herself in love to inflict the pain of a biblical spanking. So whatever she and uh, her husband have agreed is the uh, plan and vision for the home in this particular area, she becomes the weak link uh, in this um, uh, parenting of their of children. Uh, and so, moms, my appeal to you is to recognize uh, you have a key role uh, in ensuring that a spanking that's administered under your hand is a good spanking, which includes that it involves uh, real pain. Uh, dads and moms both can take the rod in their hands, but not have the will, not have the nerve, not have the faith in God 
to use it properly. And the irony of this is that many who take the rod without that nerve or will or faith to use it properly then conclude that spanking doesn't work. I sometimes think it's like uh, trying to press your shirts uh, with an iron that hasn't been plugged in and then concluding, there's a problem with this iron. It needs to be returned. Uh, Many a parent needs to try plugging in their spankings before declaring spanking defective. God's word is very clear. The use of the rod is profoundly effective. And if it's not working in your home, there's more than one troubleshooting question to ask, but begin here. Uh, Does your spanking bring real pain? Real sin, real pain. And now I'm glad to say thirdly, a good spanking entails real restoration. So I've been emphasizing that spankings are all about sin and painful consequences, but now I want to emphasize my fellow parents, they're also about forgiveness and reconciliation. Spankings should not stand alone. The physical component of a spanking should not be naked in the experience of a child. It should be preceded, as I've already indicated, with a simple explanation of why it's happening, but it also should be concluded with assurances of your love and God's forgiveness. Folks, these are the gospel opportunities that spankings present to us. God forgives those who repent of their sins. Spankings are these little altar calls to repentance in our children. And so you get to remind your children that after every spanking, uh, after every uh, act of repentance in connection with that spanking, there's forgiveness in Christ. Uh, You are like the minister on Sunday who assures the congregation in light of their confession of sin, you are forgiven. You get to do that. You get to pronounce the assurance of pardon to your children and and assure them that uh, between you and your child, between that child and their Savior, they can move forward now as if nothing had happened. The conversation after uh, one of my kids' spankings, uh, typically went something like this. Henry, a little shout out to my oldest son. Uh, Henry, are you sorry for what you did? Answer, yes, sir. Then let's pray, Henry. Let's ask God to forgive you. And if uh, Henry's too young to do this on his own, that's where uh, dad would say, Henry, I'll begin and you repeat after me. Dear Jesus, dear Jesus, I know I did what was wrong. I know I did what was wrong. Please forgive me for talking back to mommy. And you get the, the, the picture here. That conversation rightly ends. Uh, Henry, I'm not ha- angry with you. I love you. I'm ready for us to be happy again. And if I hadn't already been doing this with my youngest, typically I had been already doing this, at the end of a spanking is the absolutely non-negotiable hug, physical affection that follows the physical discipline. Folks, that underscores that the spanking was, in fact, what God said it would be. 
uh, an expression of love. As a matter of fact, when your children are very young, uh, that spanking uh, may well uh, rightly need to be followed by a whole season of just sitting and holding uh, and loving your child. This might be the time to point out that spanking's done well, folks, uh, can be time-consuming affairs. Uh, circumstances may indeed at times require some abbreviating of a typical pattern of a spanking, but that abbreviating of the typical pattern only works in a home if a child knows that there is something more to the usual spanking. There is that word beforehand, uh, the discipline itself, and the time afterwards for prayer, for assurances of pardon and reconciliation, and and a physical, tangible demonstration of love. Parents, when the spanking's over, your child wants to be held. Don't hurry back to what you were doing. Uh, You don't have anything better to do than to sit and hold that precious child. I remember well uh, the times when uh, the tears were still drying on a child's face in our home, but the giggling had started uh, because I or their mom had waited long enough with them in that embrace uh, for the mood to turn uh, back to the ordinary uh, pleasantness. Uh, The sin was dealt with. The relationship was restored. And if you will, all was right in the world again. I'll just insert here, guys, this is one of the biggest practical arguments for spanking. It makes possible a speedy resolution. You just banish your child from your presence. You just uh, send him to his room, maybe without supper as punishment. You can well make the sin problem worse. Uh, delaying, uh, prolonging the relational tension between you and your child. Whereas a proper spanking, folks, it deals with the problem and it moves on in full restoration. As a matter of fact, as strange as it may sound, uh, a good spanking can kindle love afresh between a parent and a child. Uh, There's compassion and tenderness on the part of the parent. There's repentance and submission on the part of the child. Uh, And if you hadn't already said it, before you leave that room where you administered that spanking, I love you to your parent, to your, uh, sorry, to your child, and your child's response, I love you, daddy, back to you. Uh, That's the, that's the final word uh, that marks uh, full restoration. So real sin, uh, real pain, but also real restoration. Those are the three things that I'm singling out as the main things that constitute a good spanking. And I got a question for you, all my listeners. Uh, If you grew up being spanked, is that what you experienced? Uh, If that's not what you experienced, uh, then recognize you may have some relearning to do about what a biblical spanking is, what a good spanking is. I want the record to stand. A good spanking takes its cue from God's own ways with us. It's measured, it's careful, it's compassionate, it's intentional, it's prayerful, and it is a world away 
from the various kinds of abuse that are sometimes propagated in the name of spanking. But that does bring us now to the second uh, matter for this podcast. The first was what constitutes a good spanking, but now I need very much to talk about when a spanking becomes abuse. We might put it, when does a good spanking go bad? This is where we want to recognize that, uh, folks, good things in the hands of sinful people can go bad. Uh, Parental authority in general can be abused. Parental discipline, more specifically, uh, can be abused. Now, the fact that spanking can be abused and has been abused cannot be in itself an argument against it. All manner of good things that God has ordained can be abused, and the abuse is no argument against the use of it. This is true throughout the history of the world. In the area of civil authority, it's been horribly abused, but the Bible is crystal clear uh, that that abuse uh, doesn't negate the true ordinance of God to establish civil authorities over us. And in their case, even to entrust to them, as Paul says to the Romans, uh, the sword as a means of punishing, punishing evildoers. But here I want to emphasize uh, that Christian parents have to be mindful of the temptation to misuse the rod. And they have to be vigilant against the sins that can arise in their own hearts, particularly in the midst of discipline. What might that look like in our seeking to uh, make use of the rod in our homes? Well, I again have three things in answer to the question, when does a good spanking go bad? Number one, spankings that are unjust are abusive. So we emphasized a moment ago, good spankings are response to sin. But here I need to remind us all that as parents, we are capable of getting bent out of shape, if you will, uh, even over things our children do that are not sinful. Oh, this is true of every parent. So, for example, when a child is not so much being sinful as simply being childish, it can be exasperating to us, but it's not a call for a spanking. Or when the behavior that you disapprove of was more accidental than willful, you may be all torn out of your frame over it, but a spanking is not called for, for a mere accident. Uh, Your will may have been violated, but if you did not clearly state your will, there's no room for punishing your child for something that he did not know was against your will. When your child's behavior is mortifying to you, but not any clear biblical violation, uh, it may point out uh, poor parenting on our parts. It's not necessarily poor behavior on their parts. Or when there are, we might call them extenuating circumstances, folks, surrounding the real sin that you see. Your toddler is truly cranky, but you're the one 
who's kept him up way past his bedtime. These are all examples of occasions when it could well be absolutely unjust to administer discipline. I just point out, parents, uh, you are, in the life of your child, a little God-appointed judge uh, in their lives. And like all judges, God will hold us responsible for the justice of the punishments that we mete out. Uh, If you punish merely because your kids have gotten on your nerves, or punish because they made you angry about something, if that's the only reason that you're punishing, uh, you're no longer in that moment a minister of God's own chastening love uh, in their lives. You know what? Uh, We're just in those moments nothing more than one sinner reacting to another sinner in a sinful way. You're doing the equivalent of what your children do when they hit or shove one another, except that you're bigger than they are, like most bullies are. The moment we spank for mere personal reasons, folks, we have lost our moral authority, and we're sinning against our children. I may only spank in order to minister to my child, not in order to cope with things myself. I may only spank when the situation truly merits such a response, not because I just need to vent my anger. So my fellow parents, please recognize that your emotions are among the biggest threats to your good judgment uh, in this matter. That's why the decision of whether to spank or not needs to be made in a calm and collected and prayerful way. Uh, If you know you're upset, uh, send your child to his room to wait for you while you give yourself a few minutes to think and to pray. Calm down, think rationally, make a decision about whether a spanking is truly called for. Don't just fly off the handle and march with your child upstairs with a full head of steam that you consider to be righteous indignation. It's often said parents should never spank their children in anger. Well, I think that's almost entirely right. Uh, My only reservation is that I know there is such a thing as righteous anger, and God Uh, disciplines us with that anger. But folks, (laughs) we as sinners don't do righteous anger very well. And unlike our Heavenly Father, anger often clouds our judgment as mere mortals. So spankings that are unjust are spankings that uh, have become abusive. What should you do if you're convicted after the fact I didn't have sufficient reason, just cause for spanking. Well, you humble yourself, mom, dad. You confess your sin to your son and to your daughter, and you ask for their forgiveness. You've sinned against them. Uh, You need to ask them to forgive you. Uh, Spankings that are unjust are abusive. Number two, spankings that are uncontrolled, are abusive. So emotional moments, that's typically 
where we find ourselves when spankings or the cause for spankings arise. And we have to be careful that our emotions don't cloud our judgment about whether we might say a true crime has been committed, but we also need to make sure that those emotions do not so grip us that we spank out of frustration or anger or even outrage at our children, because then we are most uh, in danger of being abusive in our spanking. I said earlier that you have to be resolved to spank hard enough to achieve the desired effect of spanking. Folks, now hear me say you have no business spanking harder than that. That is to say, spanking harder than what's necessary to achieve the desired effects. Because spankings are never for your good. They're for the good of your child. They're never to be for the purpose of your venting your frustrations. Some parents scream at their children when they want to vent their anger. Other parents wail on their kids as a form of self-gratification. And both are wicked One constitutes verbal abuse. The other constitutes physical abuse. And I say here uh, with all seriousness, folks, if it ever feels good to you to spank your child, you're in that moment an abuser. You're a threat to your child's well-being. You are the antithesis of what dads and moms are called to be towards their children. You're doing the opposite of what God has ordained a spanking to accomplish. And if your pattern of discipline involves jerking your child around as you lead him or her to a spanking, or perhaps even administering what you call a spanking in the moment by just swinging at your son or your daughter in anger, or by giving a child far more heat in that spanking than is fair or necessary, perhaps even leaving long-term signs uh, of your spanking on your children's body. Well, you're in danger. Um, You're even guilty uh, of the kind of behavior that gives spanking a bad name in our society today. More important than that, uh, you're guilty of a behavior that rightly is the concern of civil authorities. Uh, Departments of social services, quite rightly protect children in godless homes from that kind of behavior and their right to protect your children from you if that's the way you behave, Christian in name or not. Let me just pause here to say uh, to my uh, fellow parents who believe in spanking, uh, I'm very much aware Uh, that in the day in which we live, uh, with some plausibility, we could view social services departments uh, in the civil government realm as no friend uh, of of Christian parenting, because uh, they, in many cases, are no friend to biblical spanking. And uh, Christians, understandably, become wary of the government in just this area. But I just want to remind my fellow parents Folks who serve in those capacities have seen a lot, and they have come to have, with good reason, concern about child abuse. In my experience, and it's only my experience, uh, but it's about 25 years of that experience, 
happy kids under the wholesome biblical discipline that I've been laying out in these uh, episodes are not typically their concern. Uh, They've seen a lot of abuse in the name of parental discipline. And uh, when they intervene in the home in order to uh, spare children that abuse, they are doing a God-honoring thing in society. Dads, let me just, uh, in particular, make an appeal to you in this place. Uh, I said a moment ago, um, our wives' gentleness uh, can be a hindrance in their spanking hard enough. And I'll just say to you, dads, your strength can bring unique temptations to spank too hard. Uh, Your arm is stronger you can do more physical pain, inflicting. You can inflict more physical pain uh, with that arm, but you also uh, typically don't have the same emotional empathy that can act as a wholesome restraint uh, as your wife. And you need to be especially wary of uncontrolled emotion, especially if you're deeming that emotion righteous indignation. Uh, because there's been a lot of abuse in this world in the name of righteous indignation. I'll just say here, I have had to confess to my children more than once, sweetheart, I was too angry when I spanked you. I'm very sorry. Please forgive me. And it's a precious thing uh, when a child in the full uh, assurance of a loving relationship says, Daddy, I do forgive you. Spankings that are unjust, spankings that are uncontrolled. And the last thing I'll say about spankings that uh, can become abuse are spankings that are unloving. And here I'm just reminding us uh, that spanking is intended by God to be an expression of love. So there needs to be love to express in that spanking, and love is something easily lost between us and our children, at least uh, for a time, for a season, for uh, a moment even. Folks, our children can read us really well in this respect. They know when we're just going through the motions. Uh, They know when we're conversely ministering to them uh, in true love. Parents, it's hard to love sinners. It's hard to love sinners in the midst of their sinning, and it's especially hard to love sinners when they're sinning against you. And that's typically the kind of situation that uh, occasions for spanking uh, represent. So parents, make this uh, your silent prayer in connection with every spanking. Lord, give me fresh, Christ-like love for my son, for my daughter. I say this because spankings are only effective when they happen in the context of a love relationship. In other words, when the severity uh, of a spanking is, in fact, a radical departure from the norm, which is the parents' love and delight uh, in their children. Uh, Do you see what I mean? In our relationship with God, for example, it is his normal way towards us 
to be smiling upon us. That's his normal way. We're accustomed to our Lord's smile as our Father. And so it is all the more effective when there is the frown on his face, as we sometimes say, when he brings chastening into our lives. Something really must be wrong. So I must have done something wrong if Daddy uh, is looking at me and um, dealing with me this way because he's normally so gentle and and so uh, kind. I think for good and godly parents, uh, the most pressing danger in our ongoing discipline may not be unjust spankings or uncontrolled spankings. It may be simply spankings that are not uh, surrounded by a context of uh, true and, um, and sincerely expressed love so that it's intuitive to our children. Yeah, mommy is spanking me because she loves me. Well, I'm going to wrap things up here. Um, I want to point out uh, that spankings are a little bit like the Word of God in the hand of the Holy Spirit. Spankings uh, are intended by God uh, to soften the hearts of our children. They're means of grace, as we talked about. Uh, They open our children's hearts to uh, God's Word and towards repentance. Uh, But it is also possible Uh, for spankings done unjustly or without self-control or without love to actually do the opposite of that. That's then been the reason in particular for my um, lingering on this second part of the message today. Uh, They can actually harden the hearts of our children. I'm going to quote from uh, old Charles Bridges again here. And I don't know that I mentioned this when I Uh, cited him as my favorite commentator on the book of Proverbs. He was a 19th century Anglican minister. He was a colleague of J.C. Ryle, if that name means something to my listeners. Um, I quoted from him last week uh, in my Seeking to Establish the Biblical Mandate for Parenting, but listen now to his wise words on the potentially abusive use of the rod in the home. He's commenting on Proverbs 23, verse 13 and 14, and he says, continually finding fault, applying correction to every slip of childish trifling or troublesome thoughtlessness would soon bring a callous deadness to all sense of shame in our children. Some parents indeed use nothing but correction. They indulge their own passions at the expense of their less guilty children. Unlike our Heavenly Father, they, quote, afflict and grieve their children willingly to vent their own anger, not to subdue their children's sins. Bridges goes on to say, self-recollection is of great moment. Am I about to correct for my child's good? And intemperate use of this scriptural ordinance brings discredit upon its efficacy and sows the seed of much bitter fruit. Children become hardened under an iron rod 
sternness and severity of manner, close up their hearts. So from the same father in the faith who emphasized not withholding the rod as a vital means of grace in the lives of our children, we're also hearing these cautions against a sinful or unduly severe use of the rod. By the way, when he says, unlike our heavenly father, uh, such parents afflict and grieve their children willingly, he's making a passing allusion. He's expecting us all to catch it uh, to Lamentations chapter 3. This is in the King James Version, how it reads, For the Lord will not cast off forever, but though he cause grief, yet will he have compassion according to the multitude of, of his mercies. For he doth not afflict willingly, nor grieve the children of men. Uh, you know this about the prophets of the Old Testament. They were full of warnings to Israel against God's fearful chastisements that they deserved. But they also wonderfully made clear that this is not what God wanted. This is not what he took delight in. He only punishes out of deep reluctance, out of love for his children. And Bridges is saying, that's what our children should see in us as well. They should see that we're determined to spank them in obedience to the Lord and for their good, but we take no pleasure in it. Indeed, um, for some of us, uh, there's not one, but often two people who are in tears uh, as the result of the call for a spanking. Well, let me conclude saying this. Parents, I've placed before you in this podcast a stark contrast between good and bad spanking and I've tried to identify the line that runs between the two as best that I can. I realize that for conscientious parents, though, this could be stressful. You might be thinking, I want to do my duty in spanking, believing that it's God's good for my child that's being sought there. But I don't ever want to be guilty of abuse of any kind. And parents, if that's the cry of your heart, I believe you. Uh, me too. That's the way all good Christian parents feel who embrace this biblical teaching of spanking. I just have a reminder for you. And the reminder is very commonsensical, but I think we sometimes need it in this area. Folks, it is impossible to parent your kids without sinning against them. It is too much of a 24-7 job. You and I are too sinful as human beings, to do it without ever wronging them. That's just a fact of life. And I remind you in the wake of that reminder, that the God who's called you to this really hard task of parenting has made provision for this wonderfully in the blood of his son, the Lord Jesus. There's the same forgiveness for you as there is for your, the children that you're called to spank. So confess your sins to the Lord. Confess your sins to your children and do it in this very area. Uh, some of you may need to confess to your children and to repent before your children 
for not spanking them as you uh, should. You need to confess that as a sin against your children because it is a sin against them as well as against the Lord. Others of you need to repent and to confess your sins uh, to your children about the way that you've gone about spanking them. But either way, don't let the possibility of sinning against your children cause you to shrink back from doing what God calls you to do. God knew what he was doing when he called you to be a parent in the midst of all your sins and weakness, and he will give you grace, even grace to learn from your failures and to become more and more faithful, and your children, as they see your own growth in that grace, will have a worthy example to imitate themselves. Be encouraged, parents. The one who put this strange blessing in your hand, the rod of discipline, will help you to wield it justly uh, and in love. Well, that's all for uh, this podcast. Next time, I'm going to give one more podcast on this subject, uh, addressing typical questions uh, that arise by earnest parents who are learning how to do this thing we call spanking. But I'll bid you farewell for today, and the Lord keep you in His grace. You've been listening to Resurrection Life with Pastor Nathan Trice, a ministry of Resurrection Presbyterian Church in Matthews, North Carolina. If you've been blessed by today's podcast, consider sharing it with someone you know. And thank you for joining us.